Last week we began this new series, it's a, just a three-week series called Belonging, and we are talking about, in essence, our core values and our mission and our vision, and for me this, this year, this belonging piece is just a reflection of, hey, you know what, um, there's something that over the past of the last year and a half, I think we've come to realize with all that's going on, especially the pandemic and that kind of stuff, and that is we desire to be in relationship with people. We, we need to be in contact with people, and, and that's why belonging is so important. That's why the kingdom of God is so important. And uh, last week, I defined belonging as uh, being known and still being loved. It's one thing to be known for all your quirks and your weird stuff and maybe your negative things, maybe the things that you do that can hurt other people, and it's another thing to be loved in the midst of all of your quirks. We looked at Acts 2, 42 through 47 last week and how the early church devoted themselves to a way of life. And that word devoted um, can be translated as persistently obstinate. They were persistently obstinate about being in the apostles' teaching, or for us, being in God's Word. They were persistently obstinate about fellowship, koinonia, intimate relationship with others, about breaking bread, which back then was a sign for getting together and eating. They were persistently obstinate about getting together with other people and eating, and they were persistently obstinate about prayer. The other thing that we noticed is that it says in the beginning of verse 42, and they devoted themselves, meaning that this belonging piece really has a lot to do with me and what I do. Again, other people can't do it for you. God's Word, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer, you're not going to just get that from us. You can't wait for somebody else to set that up for you. It's really important for us to take a move. If, if you don't feel like you belong, what, what are you going to do to, to, to make that effort of belonging? Part of this belonging was looking at our core values, which, um, as we talked about last week, are God's Word, love, transformation, fellowship, spirit-led, prayer, and worship, and going. And this is what makes a healthy church. This is what is what we decided three and a half years ago was important stuff that we need to be persistently obstinate about or devoted to in order to remain an obs- or a healthy church. Today we are going to take a look at our mission, and so our message today is entitled Belonging That Impacts. This is our mission, and in a moment we'll turn to John chapter 4. Uh, but the mission answers the why. It says, why, why, is, why are we here? What's the big deal about Crossroads Church? What is important for us? Why do we exist as a church? Why do we exist as Crossroads? And you've heard us talk about our mission often over the last three years, and our mission is impacting people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life. It's that simple and that hard all rolled into one. 
I was curious this week as I was preparing and uh, I looked up the definition for the word impact and impact is the action of one object coming forcibly into contact with another. So like a collision or a crash or smashing something, that's the idea behind impact. It's it's like taking, you take a big stake and you want to get it into the ground. Well, you don't just get over that stake and push. It's really hard to get it in. Push, even though you may have a lot of force and maybe you, you know, weigh a lot. It, it's still hard to get that big stake. But now, instead, you take a sledgehammer and you put impact to it. You just pound it. It may not be a steady force, but it's a one that, it's bam, bam. And that's what gets that stake into the ground. And this is the picture I want us to have of impacting people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life. It is like, bam, we're going to impact people. It, it's going to make a difference in their life. We're talking about people. The dictionary defines impact as having a strong effect on someone or something. So, to mean to impact something means for me is that we want to move something or we want to have a transformational impact on somebody else's life. Just like when we talk about pounding a stake in the ground, it's having the right tool to get it in the ground. So to impacting people, you need to have the right tool to really impact people for the kingdom of God. And for me, when we talk about belonging, which is being known and still being loved, for me, impacting people, the right tool is love. That is the tool we need in our bag to really have a transformational impact on people. It's not it's not the right theology. The right, right theology is important, but love is what's going to impact people. It's not having your Bible memorized and knowing a bunch of verses, that, that's important, but to really impact people, it's, it's love. When I thought this last week about people who have impacted me on my journey of life with love, one of the first names that popped into my head was a man named Dave Hanning. He was my youth leader when I was in high school. He was a teacher at the high school, and he volunteered and led our youth ministry. I, I, don't, I don't remember a lot that Dave taught, but I do remember that he loved Jesus with all his heart. And he loved me. He just did. And anytime I would see Dave over the years as I began to grow up, it was a big hug. It was, how you doing? It was a sincere, how are you doing? Not just a, hey, how you doing? That relationship was important for me as I was going through middle school and high school because it was at that stage that I was really going, oh, this faith of my parents, eh, is it really that important? Other names came up into my mind as 
growing up and becoming an adult and moving through different stages of adulthood, whether it's Brian or Richard or Gary or Bob, it is different men who at different points in my life impacted me with the love of Jesus on my journey. It was these men that would love me whether I was living my life in a right way or failing. Whether I was making right choices or bad choices, they were there to love me. I began to learn a little bit more about this love, this God's kind of love, this love that has an impact when I became a parent. All of you that are parents in this room, you get it. Because your kids have a way of making decisions, doing things that don't line up with what you think they should do, except for maybe some of you kids in the back there, you got it all together. Yeah, there they are, waving at me. Yep, we got it. But, but you get it, right? They, they make you so mad, kids, sometimes. The frustration, and especially for Terry and I as our, our kids became adults, because now, you know, now you have no control whatsoever. And they're making decisions that you just like, what? Where is this coming from? They know better. But the key for Terry and I And as we've noticed as our kids have been adults, the greatest impact that we've had on our kids as adults is just loving them well. I I remember one time, my daughter and I, we have a way of butting heads. She's strong-willed. I might be a little bit. There was one time we were having an argument, and in the midst of that argument, she said, what? What if I had never believed the way you do? And and I was like, are you talking about my relationship with you? She said, yes. I said, nothing. My love for you never changes. That, That was a changing point in our relationship Back the next day, we were, I was running an errand. It was a, this is when we were living back in Rockford, and, and I was going to Buffalo. I think I was going to Menards or something like that, you know. And she asked if she could go with me. She jumped into my vehicle, had a center island thing, and she's sitting right up against that center island, and her arms around my shoulder the whole way we drive to Buffalo. There is some stuff that is stirring in her spiritually, and it's not because I've convinced her that my belief system is right. It's because I have been impacting her, and Terry has been impacting her with the love of Jesus on her journey of life. What about you? <laughs> I'm sure you can make a list of people who have impacted you. Right? I, a couple weeks ago when we talked about loving our enemies in our community groups, I had you talk about 
who is somebody that loved you like Jesus? And I heard from a number of you how powerful that was to hear stories of people loving you like Jesus. And in, in one group in particular, uh, someone told me that there wasn't a dry eye in their group because of the stories of God's love. So we know it. We know that this impacting people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life is important. We know that love is the right tool. Sometimes we forget. The Apostle John, in his letter, which we call 1 John, has some pretty crazy words to say. He says this in 1 John 4, starting with verse 16. He says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. John tells us that God is love and whoever lives in love or lives in God, God lives in them. And, and this is how we know that love is complete. This is how it is. Got it? It's right up there in yellow. We know that love is complete in us when in this world we are like Jesus. Let, let that sink in a little bit. In this world, am I like Jesus? It's interesting because Barna Research Group has done a, much, a lot of research, and um, one of the things that's interesting is for the unchurched world, they don't have any problem with Jesus. They have problems with Christians. I know that doesn't seem like maybe it should be so, but it is so. I mean, it, and we can have a lot of excuses about different things and all that kind of stuff, but the point is this, that love is made complete when we are like Jesus in this world. Paul, or John, continues to say in verse 18, there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So perfect love drives out fear. People may be afraid of the church. They may be afraid of Christians. They may be afraid of our belief systems. They may, be, may not understand why we say what we say and why we stand so firm on some things. But the way to eliminate that fear or help push that fear away is by stepping into their world and loving them like Jesus. Because perfect love casts out fear. In the Gospel of John, uh, John tells the story of Jesus' interaction with a woman from Samaria. For those of you who have grown up in the church, this story is familiar. But Jesus is sitting by a well in Samaria, 
And Samaria is a place where the, the Samaritans were looked down on by the Jews. The Jews thought they were half-breeds. The Jews thought they were just, you know, <laughs> they, they, didn't, they didn't like the Samaritans. Okay, so here you have Jesus in Samaria sitting by the well, and a woman, a Samaritan woman, comes up to the well to draw water, and Jesus asks for a drink. Now, what I notice here is that um, Jesus begins relating to her right where they both are. They're both at a well. They're both thirsty. So let's create a common bond. In that situation, the common bond was thirst. So he says, draw me some water. The woman responds, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me? A woman of Samaria. This woman has been told since she was little that because she's a woman and because she's from Samaria, Jewish men think you are nothing. They'll not even look at you. They won't talk to you. And here, a Jewish man is asking this Samaritan woman for water. It doesn't make sense. When I read stories about Jesus and his interacting with people, I often want to focus on Jesus' response because we can learn so much about Jesus and in his response. And so how does this Jewish man respond to this Samaritan woman who is saying, hey, why are you asking me for water? And he basically says to her, oh, but if you only knew who I am, and the gift I have for you. What, what Jesus doesn't do, okay, he doesn't explain why, yeah, you know, it's really okay for me as a Jewish man to talk to a Samaritan woman because of these reasons. He doesn't go into a whole dialogue of trying to explain. He just, he just goes to what he has. He's the Son of God, and he has a gift for her. So one of the things we can learn about impacting people with the love of Jesus is not trying to spend so much time explaining things, but go into that relationship realizing that I have a gift for you. This gift for you is way better than any other thing in the world, and this woman still doesn't get it because, you know, she's still thinking water and her response to Jesus when he says, I have a gift for you, and this gift is living water, she says, sir, you, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? And Jesus begins to tell her about the living water, that she will never thirst again. This woman wants this water. And again, I, she's still thinking in the physical. I think she's just like, oh, if I got living water, I'd never have to come back to this well again. So she's still in that mode. But then, then something happens in this story that is important for us to pay attention to. And that is Jesus, by the power of the Spirit of God, communicates something to her that Jesus shouldn't have any knowledge about. And Jesus just doesn't say something. He asks her a question. He says, um, or he asks her, go get your husband. 
Jesus already knows that she's divorced. Been divorced five times and now living with a man that she's not even married. Jesus already knows that because of the Spirit of God speaking to him. And this is the thing we need to learn because when we impact people with the love of Jesus, it's important for us to pay attention to what the Spirit of God is saying and doing because sometimes the Spirit of God will give us a little inkling or prompt us to do or say something that there's only the only way we know to say or do that thing is by the Spirit of God. And this is what takes this interaction with Jesus from just a man and a woman about water and it's the Son of God who has a gift who is able to speak into her life something that that he should not have any knowledge about. The woman is so surprised. I mean, how does this man know? So the woman takes off, heads back to the town, and this is what she does. She tells everyone Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? In John 4, verse 39, we hear these words. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I did. So when the Samaritans came, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. You see, when people are impacted by the love of Jesus on their journey of life, they have to tell somebody. It just just starts coming out. Okay? And then they, hey, I I had this encounter with Jesus. I was with these people, and they're loving me like crazy. I mean, they accept me and love me right where I'm at. They encourage me. They welcome me. they, They help me you got to meet these people. you got to meet this Jesus at the heart of our mission of impacting people with the love of Jesus. We want people to encounter Jesus so that when they encounter Jesus, then they impact others with the love of Jesus who then impact others with the love of Jesus who then impact others with the love of Jesus You see how it works? This is the genius of the kingdom of God and the church. It's not about a handful of hired guns going out and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Yes, we need evangelists, and yes, we need to proclaim. Some people are gifted in that. It is about the church, the body of Christ, Every person belonging and reaching out and impacting people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life. So we have our mission up there. It's impacting people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life. 
So my question for you is, who am I going to love? Who has God put in my world that he is wanting me to impact with the love of Jesus? You see, we all have a sphere of influence that influences our family, it's our neighborhood, it's our workplace, it's our school, it's your sphere of influence. God has you there, and there are people there that need to experience the love of Jesus, and God has put you there to be Jesus in their world, to love them. So what are you going to do? We have some pads of paper in the pews. I want you to take a pad of paper, the pad, rip off a paper. I want you to write down, take a moment. I want you to write down the names of one to three people who are your sphere of influence that you can impact with the love of Jesus. In fact, you can write on your paper, you can just say, Jesus, who do you want me to impact this week with your love? Question mark. If you don't get a name down today, that's fine, but at least take that piece of paper with you, have it in your Bible, have it someplace, and tonight when you're at home or when you're with the family at dinner, talk about this, or maybe in the morning when you're having your quiet time and your devotion, Jesus, who this week do you want me to impact with the love of Jesus? Imagine... If each one of us this year impacted one person with the love of Jesus to the point that they surrendered their life to Christ and became a follower of Jesus. Imagine, just one person. We have a hundred plus people in this room. That means in the course of this next year, there would be a hundred plus more people in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is meant to be expanded by us. We are the ones to do it. And my challenge for us is that we become people who impact people with the love of Jesus on the journey of life in our own sphere of influence. Let's pray. Father, I pray that this week you would give each one of us an opportunity to love somebody, to impact somebody with your love. Just bring a name to our mind, bring a couple names to our mind, bring us something that we can do to impact them with the love of Jesus. 
Father, we desire to be a community that is loving people well. That we are loving people into your kingdom. We ask that you would empower us with your spirit. That you would give us words of wisdom and insight into people's lives so that we may give or do something that they needed help with that they hadn't told anybody or maybe they didn't even know they needed help with, but that you would have all kinds of divine appointments this week. We do this all for your glory and honor. Amen.